0: Welcome to Slumber Podcast, Massacre with TNA. Hey, that's Tim. Hey, that's Andy. And this is a podcast about horror. Every week, Tim and I get together, we talk about a different movie from the horror genre, from your well-known classic down to that rare gem that serves Guinness from a bottle (laughs) at the back of your video store shelf. This week, Tim and I are backpacking across Europe and hoping we don't get bitten as we watch an American werewolf in London from 1981. Tim, do you ever feel like you missed out on the backpacking through Europe post-college thing? Yeah, I do. Because I, I know <laughs> I know somebody that did. Yeah. Um, we both do.
1: Yeah. And, um, and they were gone for like
0: months. Yeah. I think it was three months. And um, so... It yeah. sounds just the idea of it sounds intimidating as fuck. Like, how do you do that? How do you do it? Well,
1: yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't know. I'm the worst person to ask, because like I've said, my international travel goes as far as seeing Canada from Detroit. That's that is literally the most international as close as you
0: need to get. <laughs>
1: And so, yeah, no, I love da-
0: Canada. Canada, we've got great fans in Canada. We do. Yeah,
1: we have great fan in Canada. And uh, <laughs> um, so, no, I do really feel like I missed out on that. And that is an excellent question because it's like, OK, if you say I've got, you know, something ridiculous, like I've got, you know, twenty thousand dollars in cash i'm gonna then buy a ticket and go to europe and then just find my way around with like tons of fucking money you're gonna be fine right you don't have to like have a lot of skill to make that work but you're right like do you plan like the hostel stays beforehand do you map that out um and how much of it this sounds dumb how much of it is actual backpacking right and what are you planning for like are you just like going to a city and then walking around that city and then going back to your hotel are you actually walking to
0: another town right I have no idea I don't know either and I'm embarrassed to say it I don't know because it does it the concept of it sounds like uh something awesome and fun and very carefree I mean I think that maybe is part of the appeal is there are no like there is no strict, a a schedule you have to stick to or anything like that. It's just kind of like, let's see where our feet take us. But yeah, it does like in this movie, like they're just kind of walking at night through nothingness and aren't like, yeah, we've got to get to blah, blah, blah before dark. It's just like, you know, they stop at a pub and then leave again. Like, where are you going? I wonder, (laughs) I wonder if
1: it's like, Maybe the maybe the goal is that you have a starting point and you have an end point. Um and then you just do whatever you've got to do to get there. Like I have a friend, a guy that you know, uh we went to high school with who hiked to the Arctic Circle. Um hiked to it? Yeah.
0: From where? I think like just outside I the Arctic like Circle. Denver
1: <laughs> Wow! And it took him a couple months. He he has a job where he'll work like crazy, save all of his money, spend it on nothing, and then just backpack for three months. Wow! And uh, and I saw the pictures. I mean, he made it up there, and it looks like goddamn Star Wars. It's crazy up there. (laughs) Um, but the giant ships and yeah, right, yeah, (laughs) the the lights everywhere, right, yeah. That's the weirdest part. Well, actually, no, I take that back. There was some sand. There was some ice that was like blue. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah. I mean, right there on the level with lightsabers. And so, no, but I, I think like, okay, so because they talk about going to Rome, but they, I'm horrible at geography. They talk about going to Rome, but they're in Northern England. Yeah. So uh, do we know how far that is? That's pretty
0: far still. Like hundreds of miles, right? Yes. Yeah. Hundreds. It'd be like, it'd be like walking from like Indianapolis to, uh, I don't know, I'd say like Mississippi. That might be good. Yes, maybe not that far. Maybe like the south the southern border of Tennessee. I
1: don't know. I know Jim Thorpe ran home from the Indian boarding school like 250 miles in maybe three days. But that he was like one of the best athletes that's ever been (laughs) right. Living. So um, no, I have no idea. That is a fantastic question. And I'm sure that there are people out there listening that have done this, but you're right, like Part of the movie, they're, you know, like hitching a ride. Because that's what I'm getting at. Maybe that's the thing. Like, you know where you've got to go to. So maybe it's not about walking the whole thing. It's just about whatever means. Right. With the money that you have to get from point A to point B. That's what you do. Yeah. But that sounds really like there could be a lot of like unenjoyment in that whole thing. Yeah. Wouldn't you just wouldn't you be better to like just buy like a like a Euro Rail pass <laughs> and then just
0: have the train take you to places that you could walk around right go to a city yeah hang out in that city yeah that's my style right because a wet jacket like a wet (laughs) a a jacket that's
1: supposed to protect you from the elements being soaked doesn't look like any fun no
0: um yeah again ill-prepared for the elements it seems like in they are in this movie. It was a very Yoda sentence there <laughs> <laughs> very unprepared for the elements. They are it's a bad Yoda impression. Uh, but yeah, like, Oh, it's rain. Well, what are we going to do? <laughs> well, and, um, but
1: yeah, it is kind of, you're right. There is something about Europe. Like do people backpack for three months and, and other parts of the country. Right.
0: I mean, I suppose you're, I'll say makes, this. I've been to Europe several times. I've never been like, Oh backpackers right or or werewolves, yeah <laughs> or werewolves.
1: <laughs> um but no i i I know that people have done it. I know that um that they enjoyed it. The one thing though, from the person that I know that that did do it that I thought was really um interesting is that and and, and this person's not like any other or any different than any other, um but I know that when they got back. To the U.S. when they were flying in, when they got back, when they could see like the Statue of Liberty, that they were both like moved to tears, like (laughs) that they were gone long enough to be like, oh, my God, we're we're home, which if backpacking is like we're painting it to be, then fuck. Yeah, you'd be happy to be (laughs) home Um, and that that nightmare is over. Uh, But
0: still, I guess I would try it. Yeah, you should try backpacking around here first. Literally like backpack to Mariville. Yeah, that sounds kind of awful. <laughs> it sounds terrible, right? It does. Like, so, why would I want to do that across Europe? I'm not going to walk 10 miles to the next town here. Right. I will pick a
1: city. Like my aunt told me that you could spend like two weeks in Rome alone, just, just in Rome. Sure. So, why wouldn't you just walk around Rome?
0: Yeah. R- Rome. Be careful because there's <laughs> a point during the night where the cabs stop. I learned that the hard way. It's also the apparently the uh pickpocket capital of the world. Oh yeah. Dude, I was in Rome and the guy I was with got pickpocketed by these three eight-year-old girls that like swarmed, like they kind of cut in between us and were chattering real fast, and there was just a lot of movement. I was just like boop, 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 strolling, and all of a sudden, I just hear that Dave, the guy I was with, be like, who took it? And I turn around. He literally has all three of these girls up against a wall. And I'm like, what the hell? And he's like, one of them took my wallet. And it's like out of nowhere, you just see like, boom, this wallet like fly into the air and hit the sidewalk. And he goes to grab it. Boom, they take off. And he was like, it was a flaw. Like. We had just been to the Vatican, and he got a rosary, and he's like, I felt that shift in my pocket. That's the only way I knew they took anything out of my pocket.
1: Or it was God.
0: <laughs> he
1: does love money. <laughs> <Yeah>. well, <laughs> but I'm telling you, I'm picturing the entire scene that you just described. It sounds adorable.
0: <laughs> it was it really cute. does. But I was like, can we go now? Let's leave, please, this area. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, at eight? Yeah. That's a skill I mean, set. I mean, I will... Probably not eight, but, like... Prepubescent. Yes. Okay. Um, not... Yes, they were, like, before high school age. I would say that. That's awesome. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, so... He also, like, has a UCLA sweatshirt and, like, has a camera around his neck. I'm like, well, you're kind of... Yeah, you're asking, asking for it, for it yeah. dude. Um,
1: <laughs> the way you dress. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know, though. I you you certainly have traveled more than i have i just don't have that wanderlust the way that a lot of people do it it i'm i'm excited to read about things i'm excited to learn about things but i uh i like making great times in places that don't facilitate great times like i'd rather go with a group of friends to an absolute shithole and then we make it like the best time in the world i don't need to go to a place that is great like i I mean it sounds dumb but like i I feel like i would feel like maybe we're competing against each other a little bit like (laughs) me and my friends are fantastic i don't need like the sphinx (laughs) to like
0: just try to outdo us you know well, have- if that's your first idea of where your know, friends go to really party down? <laughs> like right. where can we go cut loose and have some fun? The yeah Sphinx that guy snorted so much blow. <laughs> His <nose fell> right <laughs> off. Yes.
1: so maybe well, hey, um, Patreon ideas. <laughs> Uh, if anybody wants to donate, I don't know what it takes to go across Europe anymore. I've yeah fifty k uh, between the two of us. Uh, but no, whatever there. whatever you
0: feel like, whatever you feel is uh, is appropriate. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Well, let's get into this then. Yeah, it's an American Werewolf in London from 1981. Here are the uh, facts I pull from Wikipedia. It was written and directed by Johnny Landis. We'll get into him. Got a lot to talk about. John Landis. It stars David Naughton, Jenny Agutter, and Griffin Dunn. It had a budget of five point eight million. Box office sixty two million. It's goddamn bona fide hit. Uh, and let's do. I mean, that's even an understatement to say it was a hit. It was. This was kind of a phenomenon at the time. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Okay. Let's do uh Nan sum and then get into some spoilers. David and Jack are friends from New York, backpacking across England. One night, they stop at the Slaughtered Lamb, where the patrons seem on edge about something. The two decide to leave, but are warned to stay on the road and keep away from the moors. Leaving the road to cut across the moors, the two hear a strange howl and are attacked. Jack is torn to pieces, and David sustains some wounds before his attacker is shot and killed. Waking in an English hospital, David learns that Jack has died, but that doesn't stop him from appearing before him—a gnarled, disgusting mess. Jack warns David that he's been cursed by a lycanthrope, and that Jack is doomed to walk the earth in limbo until the werewolf bloodline is ended, and that means David has to die. But an unexpected romance with nurse Alex Price keeps David alive and in London until the next full moon. Rele- <laughs> until the next full moon reveals he is no ordinary tourist. But an American werewolf in London, <laughs> yeah. Um, I can exp- get real clever exp- with that. In some because you know why, Tim? Why uh, this movie kind of bored me? Well, that's and that was the, the biggest shocking part, and it was very funny because you showed up to record and you were like, so what'd you think? And I'm like, I feel the same way I think as you did. I could tell just by the way you asked. You're getting so much better with the telepathy. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, you're right. It's
1: you and I, goddamn, we left the last recording session and we were both so stoked to watch this movie that it was like, it's kind of like when you know what either you've watched something before or you know enough great people are in it to where you just know in your heart that it's going to be great. Right, And we both felt that way like this is gonna be awesome like we
0: sort of know it. yeah like when you suggest i was like yeah i haven't watched that in a long time i love that movie let's do it like i remember that as a kid like it was such a like part of the the fucking zeitgeist at the time and yeah
1: it's kind of yeah
0: it's sort of like um you know if you ever had those
1: people that you sort of you meet and you're like there's nothing wrong with this person except that I just for some reason don't like them. Right. Like like that's kind of this movie. Like yeah, there's a lot great. of things there's a lot of things that are likable and fine with this movie and even charming, but um there are some some major flaws and you know, I don't know if we've had an opportunity to talk about this in a negative way because we certainly have. Oh no, wait. I take that back. This is maybe akin, like a second cousins to, um, oh shit. What's it? Uh, the, um, David Cronenberg scanners. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Where you've got a lead that had your lead been cast differently, it might've elevated the entire film, which
0: sounds like a pretty obvious statement, but, um, yeah, David Naughton, uh, while you might go, why has he not done much? uh one viewing of this film will tell you why yes he's not very good no and he got cast he's kind of a cute guy yeah that's about all he's got going for
1: him yeah a little doe-eyed you know and and maybe charismatic out
0: of a dr pepper though
1: well right i mean we the whole he sucked the whole country in that way (laughs) um and and literally, yes. I mean, it's no it's no secret that John Landis literally cast him off of just seeing him in that commercial. And I do remember, we're old enough to remember those commercials, and it was kind of infectious or whatever. I don't even really remember what was happening in the commercial. That's
0: the I'm a Pepper, right? Right, those those, right. Yeah. But what was he doing, like walking around dancing? Yeah, it was just kind of a little soft show. I'm a Pepper. He's a Pepper. Oh, she's yeah. a Pepper. We're <laughs> a Pepper. Wouldn't you like to be a Pepper, too? Trademark. Um <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was before this. Yeah, wow.
1: Yeah, okay, just before. But although I will say, um, you know, it's it's no small wonder that that this movie did come out because there must have been some kind of collective consciousness centering around werewolves because 1981 was the year of the wolf. Yeah, you've got Wolfen. Uh, starring, is it Albert Finney, who's in like uh, Big Fish? Yeah. Okay. So him. Oh my
0: God, I forgot about that
1: movie. Wolfen with Edward James almost, and the, the werewolves are native iron workers in like New York. Really, really fascinating, kind of shapeshifters. Yeah. Um, so you got that, you got the howling. Yeah. They came out in eighty one. And then the last of the three was American Werewolf in London. So there was something about werewolves at that time, which for me is huge because it is has always been and will always be my favorite monster across the board. Yeah. Because I love sadness <laughs> and <laughs> and it is the most tragic monster that there is because it's not it's kind of like God's perfect creature. Because you have all of the reason of man, all of the intelligence of man, but yet you have this, you know, okay, so a a couple of times a month, (laughs) you go on a rampage and kill six or seven people, okay? Get over it. It happens. That's how nature works. Grow up. (laughs) Just deal with it. So that is really not that bad because you could manage that. We have... Schedules. We have little phone alarms right now. You can schedule that for however long, apparently the moon is full and this movie would have you questioning yourself. But I do really think that they're amazing monsters. And really, honestly, because of because of the tragedy, because of the fact that it isn't like part of me is good. Part of me is bad. It's not even you that the man is always the man. He's not the wolf, but the wolf is in him. So when the wolf comes out, it is not the man, it is the wolf. Right. And so you, you can't really blame him. I mean, it's not him doing it. Right. So it is really a very much literally cursed figure. And it's I, I think it's fantastic. And so I um I think that there was potential for days uh for this movie, and they everything that's written about this movie talks about the elements of humor. And I think they do a well, John Landis was probably doing everything that he could do. It's got he's got no help from Naughton. Yeah,
0: because yeah, let's because John Landis briefly his two films before this are uh, two of like the as I as I would say in high school, be like your ABCs of comedy are Animal House, Blues Brothers, Caddyshack. But those watch those three, those are your ABCs. You got the best ones covered. Yeah, and he directed two of them. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they were monumental hits. They made, you know, it, they made John Belushi, a guy who did three movies ever and was on one TV show, uh, possibly, you know, lauded as the greatest comedic talent of all time. Right. And the guy did nothing. Right. But these two <laughs> movies he did with John Landis, people were like, undeniable gold, anything this guy touches. Yeah. And the fucking network wanted. Wanted him to cast Ackroyd and and Belushi in this movie, and you
1: know when you hear that it oh, sounds ridiculous. What a movie it could be, and but but now that you, I mean, especially if you have seen Neighbors, where those right. two guys did kind of switch what their expected personas would be. Um, I think that that Belushi had all the dramatic
0: potential, it, it, all get out. I mean, yeah. he, he I think he really could have been a great dramatic actor. Um, yeah, he, well, yeah, I sh- there is he did do one drama and i can't remember the name of it now oh shit what is it uh yeah i don't yeah, know i can't think of it um but yeah he's good in that i mean he's not it's not like uh, amazing but he right. could have been he definitely had the potential he was a good actor and right. could turn off the comedy it wasn't like you watch him in that Are like oh it's just the funny guy being serious it's like oh no he's like a very yeah. mellow serious guy
1: yeah, and and the movie has when we when we sit here and and I do think you know you and I are always like in a rush to say that you know we didn't hate this movie, which I d- didn't. I didn't hate it, but there is you know if we're gonna talk about the good, yes, like the setup is fantastic. Even though you and I have no concept of what it is to backpack across <laughs> Europe, it like the idea of it is great. It's like it you're you're sort of immediately transported to a new land along with these guys, which is a nice device as a, as a filmmaker, like let's all go on this journey together. Mm -hmm. So that's effective. Um, And even in the beginning of the film, when we really see them, you know, just backpacking, a lot of that dialogue was improvised. Yeah.
0: They've got good banter.
1: There's that great scene. Did you hear about the snot scene? No. Okay. So there's, as I was watching it, I'm like, these guys are kind of like, like, they're just really vibing off each other. But there's one scene where they're just, you know, out and it's, you know, they don't know where they're going. They don't know what they're doing. And, uh, but it's cold outside. And Griffin Dunn has a little snot come out of his nose. And uh, David Naughton sort of notices it and kind of chuckles while he says his line. And then Griffin Dunn is kind of chuckling because he knows that he sees the snot coming out of his nose. And then they just both sort of like, kind of giggle throughout what are just normal lines. Yeah. And then uh and you know, uh John Landis was like, I love this. He's like, you guys are like cracking up in the middle of the scene. You're kind of fucking up the scene, but it's great. You right. know? And so he kept it in there. Um so yeah, that banter is great. You know, they're improving when they get off the the uh the sheep trailer that they were hitchhiking on and they're talking about, you know, um you know the sheep shitting on them or whatever. Like yeah that that's all fine and good and especially like you mentioned when they get to the slaughtered lamb this bar that is uh supposedly it was filmed in london but but uh, supposedly in yorkshire yorkshire yeah now here's my question for you and i've been dying to ask this um so i'll start with the reverse side of the coin if a if a british person saw a movie made in 1981 that had a scene in, let's say, like, I don't know, like, a cowboy bar in, like, Arizona or something like that. Or even, I don't know, where where are cowboys mostly from?
0: Uh, Yeah, the West. (laughs) Yeah, okay.
1: And, okay, so you you and I know know that, yeah, like, there are even places today, rurally, that you can go where you walk into, and people look at you, and you're like, like, oh, shit, like, yeah, we don't normally come in here. Right. I went into one recently, just literally one town over um, and walked in and, and got those looks. Um, but we would know that, yes, there those places do still exist in 1981, even though a British person might be like, Oh God, are there really like cowboy bars in 1981? You know, that it still exists that way. But here's my question for you. Cause they walk into this slaughtered lamb. You've got all the guys with the wool sweaters and the, <laughs> the uh newsboy caps and the sloppy mortar job of, of the the brick or whatever it is that these places are built out of. It looks like it's like Angela's Ashes style. <laughs> Did that still exist in Northern England in in eighty? I mean, are you going to
0: find? Are you sure. going to stumble oh, across towns like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is that is what. It's weird for a country as old as England. It's amazing how much just like country there is, or like little drops of communities or whatever. I mean, there, you have your big cities, but it's like just living in a state. It's really crazy.
1: So there are still like rural areas that are like still relatively like. I don't know, farming communities yep. or. OK, for sure. OK, so that's not that's kind of legit. Like you could go stumble into a place that yeah. looks like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's cool. I, I wanted there to be that. Um, and what's funny is um, the majority of those actors were actually just local stage actors. Yeah. Um, that they.
0: Although the the dude one playing chess with the beige sweater yeah. dropped Ed Fred. Whoever, whatever that guy's name is. Oh, he's in that? I'm pretty certain that's him. Which is, I didn't look him up, but <laughs> what is Drop Dead Fred again? I guess <laughs> like, like what is it as a cultural thing? No, it's a mean, movie. Okay. With Phoebe Cates. Yeah. Uh and she's like an adult and her imaginary friend, Drop Dead Fred, shows up to cause mischief. See, I, I think always... she's like just as broken up or something. And and then, you know, it's like a letting go of things. I
1: I confuse that with a John Cusack movie. What's the John Cusack like? uh, Gross point blank. No, like I want my $2. Oh, uh,
0: shit. Uh, Better off dead. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Drop dead Fred and better off dead. I always confuse
1: the two. Um, (laughs) Anyhow. So, yeah, no, obviously. Sorry, Johnny,
0: I don't have a dime. Didn't ask for a dime. $2 (laughs) cash. (laughs) I love that movie. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I love that movie. So, no, but I mean,
1: like, when they go into this bar again, like, the goodness in this movie is still happening.
0: Um, you know, we okay, get... This is, do you, I'm, I'm pulling up some images from Drop Dead Fred. Do you remember this at all?
1: Not really. Okay. I've heard people talk about it. I No, it's I don't. Not,
0: it's not... It's... I don't know. I haven't seen it since it came out, but it's, like, so, like, frantic... Is it really? I don't know if it's bad or if it's really good and just ahead (laughs) of its time. It's one of those. I'm sure we'll cover it. Um,
1: (laughs) But uh, (laughs) but yeah, but I mean, the good is still rolling. Like they go into this bar and, you know, there's there's this great cringy moment where they see a pentagram on the wall. And Griffin Dunn like thinks he's picking the perfect place to like ask about that that <laughs> pentagram. Like somebody says something funny, the whole place is laughing, and he's like, "What's with that star on the wall?" You know, <laughs> right. and the
0: place goes silent. So we get a lot and he, of what's he called? Like a pentangle? A pentangle? Yeah, it's or a something. Penta- yeah, like says, it's just a star. like. No one says five pointed star. That's just a star. Yeah or a pentagram like right, he added right, like four, he added yeah. like two or three other syllables
1: but um but yeah so all of that is good it's city kind bo- of city boys <laughs> it's kind of that like you know good old fashioned spooky um setup and it and it's great and uh and then you know obviously they're they're sort of kicked out of the place but i love like the sincerity on the on the the point of everybody like uh, most of the bar is saying like hey we have this horrible horrific secret in our in our town we don't want it spreading out and then you've got like the sort of voice of reason in the bartender where she's saying no we have to help these guys yeah. and all and we don't even know what they're being helped from yet as right. as viewers um but the concern
0: seems real the, it, feel, it felt like the large Marge bar from uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Like, everyone in there, everyone is very on edge about this very local thing that they all know about and are right. freaked out about. You know. Yeah.
1: And so all of that is great. And, you know, again, now this is going back to the boys being, you know, realizing that hey, it's it's time to go, we're not welcomed here, and then they're at least given the the warning to stay on the road and stay off the moors and and beware the moon. Yeah. Um so Which how do you how do you do that? Well and how do you, how do you beware the moon? Right, exactly. <laughs> like you could be aware yeah, of the moon. Stay away
0: from the moon. <laughs> yeah. Don't come within it, its gravitational pull.
1: <laughs> right. Um
0: so Tell me a little bit about these moors. <laughs> <laughs> a moor is like an un it's just like an undeveloped field essentially like I thought it was just like a a bog essentially, but it can also just be kind of like a hilly area, okay, and yeah, I think it's just kind of like undeveloped land all right that maybe have more historical relevance as moors and the people who came from them I don't know. I don't think that's where moors are from, <laughs> but okay,
1: um, and I know that there was some and I should have researched this there was some that famous makes sense <laughs> there was some famous murder on the moors, uh, like children being murdered this was in England um, and that was a big deal it was a uh a husband wife team that uh killed kids I want to say uh they were called the moors murders, I believe uh-huh. um but uh. But either way, they're foreboding. Okay, so there's there's not a lot of it's not well lit. Let's put it that way. No, like it's it's barren, it's foreboding, and these guys in the middle of the night are walking with really not knowing where they're going. And we see as viewers, clear as day, when they do veer off the path, and um, and we see them start walking. And yeah. We're like, oh shit, there they go. Now, the wonderful part about this is our first introduction to the werewolf is a sound. Yeah. And, and the howl sound. is great. Yeah. It To me, it almost sounded, um, and this, as I found out in research, has nothing to do with with the sound itself. But it almost has like a weird sort of metallic sound to it. Almost like it, it's not just like a typical wolf howl. Right. Um, and uh but what I found out that it is, is actually, depending on who you talk to, it's a combination of sounds. It's I, it's a wolf howl with an elephant scream. Oh. Now, John Landis will have you believe that it's like seven different animals. You're right. Um, but either way, it's a combination. But it does create this sort of weird kind of otherworldly. I mean, still animal sounding, but sort of otherworldly, very,
0: very um, creepy howl. Yeah. Um yeah it's like the combination of a, a screaming elephant a wolf and a helicopter killing someone <laughs> right yeah that all comes later all three of those screams <laughs> mixed <right>. in together
1: <laughs> yes um <laughs> so
0: yeah John Landis well we had to someone it's, died it's the a child o- or a person uh, or a grown up i don't remember now who is that who died specifically Vic, Vic Morrow Oh, is that when he died? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. With two kids that were
1: illegally hired and working as actors, two like, Vietnamese kids that were hired. And this was in the, the filming of the, the movie The Twilight Zone. And Landis kept saying, lower, lower, lower. He wanted the helicopter to fly yeah. lower. And then the helicopter pilot was distracted by the pyrotechnics that were going off and sort of dipped down and actually... Vic Morrow and one of the kids were decapitated, and you can see this uh, on, I mean, not that you have to, but he and one of the children were decapitated, um, and then the other child was crushed by the rail of the helicopter coming down. So as the helicopter's crashing, it tilts, and then the blades slice Vic Morrow and the child in half basically or really it's their heads you see oh, a, there's a shot of you see their heads separated from their bodies um, you can find that
0: online if you really want to and, yeah. uh, and needless the to say was, they had to do a whole they had to reset do a whole other shot <laughs> right cut <laughs> literally um, but yeah, sorry. anyway that was later in John Landis's career <laughs> it was and, and it, even not the worst thing he did he produced Max Landis <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Um, so so, yes,
1: um, these guys are out on the moors and and it is awesome. Um, Okay, so what makes this awesome? We talked about the howl. They do a really good job with pacing here because we get the howl a couple of times. It kind of doesn't sound like it's getting super closer, but it's persistent. And then they say that they can see it circling around them. So we get a lot of nice structure as far as the wolf uh, you know, happening upon them. Yeah. The kill itself is, is great. Yeah. And I'll tell you why I love it and hate it. Um, I, I, I don't even know how to start with this. Um, there's, I'll give you a couple examples. This movie, um, the hammering scene from chop top in Texas chainsaw two uh-huh. and the knifing scene. Uh, or no, I mean, I guess it's the drill in um, uh, Slumber Party Massacre One. Uh-huh. If there's one thing that really, really gets me, it's you know, a killing where someone is reduced to just sort of flailing their arms and screaming the helplessness. Sure, it's extremely affecting. When when I watch that, it it's it makes me sad, and then it fills me with rage. Because the idea of like somebody being like hum- overpowered to the point of humiliation and helplessness is very tough to watch, yeah. but it's very affecting, and and that's what's happening in this scene is that Griffin Dunn is literally just sort of flappy. I mean, he's just going nuts. I mean, he's being attacked by a by an animal, yeah. essentially. And um, it's like when
0: Chrissy gets it at the beginning of Jaws, just that like, yes, God, like, like, please let this stop, please.
1: And it's almost like she's like, it's almost like she's speaking gibberish, right? Like, oh, yeah, like that sort of of helplessness of being overpowered by something like, I mean. It's always nice to see in a movie like somebody gets stabbed and then the person who's getting stabbed looks him in the eye like
0: like, <laughs> you got me. Right.
1: like, like, that's an honorable death. <laughs> or I can watch two guys like bloody the shit out of each other in a UFC ring and that's fine. But to see somebody just flapping their arms wildly and screaming hysterically, it's it's very affecting and it really isn't this. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because um, that comes from two things. Dunn knew that that's what Landis was looking for so of course he's really going for it but in the first take he like takes a big swipe at the uh, werewolf head and like <laughs> knocks off like part of the face and Rick Baker who is the famed uh, effects uh, artist is pissed because obviously it's a pretty delicate art to put yeah. that stuff together so he's like he's like okay well, all right, the gloves are off and he is just basic. They're basically just fighting. Like he's just ramming that wolf head <laughs> into Griffin Dunn as hard as he can yeah. to kind of get him back. And, uh, but it makes for a great scene and it is really affecting and it is really jarring
0: Yeah, because it's, you a- don't really get to see, a, you know, a lot of obscured shit in this movie or like you, do, you never really get a good, here's a full shot of this, maybe like once or twice towards the end. But I'm sure that's, you know, the except technology for the
1: transformation.
0: Well, yeah, except for that. Yeah. But that was like. But the killing, though. Yeah. Y- yeah, yeah. Yeah. A, l- a lot of uh, other scenes of the wolf, unless it's just like. Because that fucking transformation scene that took him like two weeks to film just that. Yeah. You know, minute and a half long scene. So, yeah, that's like very special shit. But if you're just like, OK, in this part, the wolf's doing this or, you know. Yeah. Um but it it was effective, and yeah, and and it's a vicious creature because think about it, like
1: this whole like uh, Twilight thing with werewolves versus uh, vampires, or you know the the Wolfman versus Dracula—absolute fucking garbage, <laughs> because. The f- With the first, like, Dracula is going to do his first, like, they like, the way the Draculas all have that sort of overbite to where by the time <laughs> that Dracula does his first, like, oh, like, within that first flourish, that werewolf is going to have ripped his jaw off. <laughs> right. He's going to be, like, making a snack out of his lower mandible before Dracula even knew would hit him. And, uh, like, they are just ferocious monsters, and they're always depicted that way. So it's pretty badass that we get to see that as quickly as as we do. And not only do we get to see the actual attack itself, but we get to see the after effects of the attack. Yeah. In some, it really, to me, it's that first round of decomposition that looks the best. Yeah,
0: so good. Yeah, because, and, and here, going into it, I mean, I knew what Griffin Dunn's part was, uh, and I thought he was in it a lot more, but he only shows up three times, as you pointed out, to essentially do the same scene. Like, (laughs) hey, uh, I am forced to walk the earth as an undead, but he's like a ghost. A lot of weird, a lot of, you know, I did have a lot of cynical logistic Issues, A lot of things in this movie, but I was almost so not engaged. I didn't really even care that, you know, wasn't taking me out of it, really. Um, Because, yeah, because as you know, as he tells David, it because the the wolf bloodline is still alive or around. He, as a victim of the werewolf, is now forced to walk the earth in limbo. But he is decomposing because, yeah, the first time we see him, it's like, oh, this is what he looks like after the attack. And it's just like half that face is ripped open. He's got that one little dangling piece. As <laughs> he's know. talking, you can't take your eyes off of it. I yeah. know it. <laughs> it's just hanging off his neck. And you're just like, oh, could you just, uh, pull, just yeah, pull that piece off, that or or that off? Yeah, just you already. Of it. Yeah, of Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, then the second time we see him, he's like a. Zombie almost doesn't even have the wounds from the wolf attack. Yeah, he's just kind of like green. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the third time is funny, he's like, It's like not even, you know, it's just Griffin Dunn voicing a like a A puppet, puppet. yeah, Yeah. of like a skull with like a sheen of skin on, you know, barely anything on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, he must have just been like. That's probably why. Also, he did a good death scene. He's like, I've got like three three bits yeah, in this right. movie, uh, so I gotta sell it all. But you know, yeah, God, that first the the first time you see him, it is so. But it's not even scary though, which is weird. Like I remembered because especially as a kid, like this movie was huge as a big HBO, like a big HBO oh, yeah. thing, always on HBO. Uh, I remember begging my parents to let me watch this movie. They were like, "Absolutely not!" And not even because I like liked werewolves. I like understood the, like it was a big deal. Like it was like something culturally significant about it, and I kind of wanted to know what the, what was going on. And I, I remember like lying to them one time. you we like, "Yeah, I snuck down in the middle of the night and I watched it." And my mom was like, "You did not!" And I'm like, "I did." She's like, I'd know if you did, <laughs> which then made me go, this must be very scary. And then watching it, I'm like, not, nah, this is not scary at all. I mean, that part, I guess, is pretty gross. If I was six years old and saw that, I'd be like, oh god. You know, most more most things uh, scared me as a child. I think in the anticipation of what they implied. Like watching some of these movies now and being like, I don't know how this would scare anybody.
1: Other than like some of the marquees did say like director
0: of Animal House, (laughs) 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 people go to see this, (laughs) right? Which actually happened. Which, well, yeah, because it is a horror comedy. Yeah, and you know what, Landis, this this is a loose label.
1: Yeah, and you know it's so goofy because. How many times have you and I talked about movies that are just garbage, but then the, the director says, well, I meant it for it to be a comedy. Uh, right. Yeah. Landis literally does the opposite. He's like, I don't know why people keep referring to this as a comedy. Like, this is a very dark, serious movie. And I'm like, Jesus, guy! Like, you know, <laughs> you know, you picked songs that all had like moon in uh, them. That like, was too that, much. That's a little.
0: But you know what, though? Because not... you know why? Because there are four. Right. And we got three different versions of Blue Moon in this song.
1: But you know what's funny though, and and I this might not connect with all viewers but or all listeners right now, but what I found a little bit charming and it allowed me to sort of like dismiss some of the the misses as far as comedy or whatever, I could hear my parents in this movie. (laughs) Like the it is it is boomer. Comedy and timing all the way through. Yeah. And like stuff that I know that like my parents' generation would just eat up and just think that's like the funniest, wittiest, most clever thing in the world. Yeah. So it it is really like you
0: can hear John Landis in the movie. Maybe John Landis isn't funny. Or
1: maybe he was just. Because
0: if you do Animal House and Blues Brothers, maybe it's not John Landis who's making that funny. Well, that could be. (laughs) Maybe it's the other uh, legendary comedians you have in your movie. Logic would would have it that because way. Because just watching this, like there is a scene, um, there are like two police officers, like an older one and like the younger, I would I don't think he's a rookie, but he's the greener cop, you know. Does you you know they kind of have a funny little dynamic. You can tell the older one like does not respect him at all and the younger one's kind of bumbling and maybe not the best cop. But there's, like, a part where they're leaving a room, right? And, like, the, the, the older one leaves first and closes the door. And then the younger one, like, turns to add one other thing and then turns and, like, the door is shut. And he's like, oh, the door is shut. Like, it's so stiff and the timing's so bad. Like, yeah. that needs to be, like... They're both saying something, and he interjects something. And as he's turning, that guy has just closed the yes, door. Like right. it, can't, the door can't be shut for ten seconds, and then have him notice it. Like right. it has to be a complete. This guy doesn't respect him at all. He's trying to like be tough, say the last word, you know, get the last word in, and then oh nope, you're a schmuck, you know, right? But this was just like so dry <clears throat> and not good British dry. No. And and like they have his tie
1: tied really short, you know, with the yeah. back being really long. But then in the next scene, he's his tie is fine. So, you know what it reeked to me of? It's like, have you ever been in like um, the rehearsal process for a show and like something goofy will happen or somebody will do something just kind of off? you know, just off the beaten path and the director will be like, Oh, that's so great. We got to keep that in. And it's like, it's not thought through at all. It may not like play into the rest of the show whatsoever, but they just think it's like such a great, clever thing. And it was, it was, that's what these scenes felt like. The Landis was just kind of like having a goof. Yeah. But, um, okay. So real quick, just because I don't want to lose this because it is a movie about a werewolf.
0: What did you think of the wolf? Of the werewolf? Um, I thought it was kind of a cool design. Like, you know, you don't get a good view of it, but I don't know. Like, the yellow eyes and the teeth on it make it look pretty cool. Are you okay with it being not a bipedal wolf, but a on all fours wolf? Oh, uh, yeah. that's I'm fine with that. Okay. I'm I'm not really, like, married to any kind of werewolf lore. uh, That was Landis's desire he wanted it to be i'd like- rather have this one than the twilight werewolves for sure of just like we're like transformers we just like pop in and out of this and they're just big wolves yeah they're yeah. just yeah yeah i can just yeah no like they, uh- they're a fucking bane or something I ju- juice up and i'm a big muscular guy <laughs> and then i go back to wear my Jenko shorts <laughs> um
1: yeah, we'll get to clothing or the lack of it in in this film at, at some point. Um, but uh, no, I thought it was cool. He wanted it to, he said he wanted to look like a like a like a devil dog, like um you know like a hound of hell. Like yeah, he wanted it to be more, um you know less, more wolf, less man. Yeah, and and Rick Baker kind of wanted to go the other direction. Which did you read much about how that uh, interaction took place? <laughs> no. Okay, so man, I feel <clears throat> so. So prepared for this. <laughs> no, okay. So Landis had the, this script even before he did his first movie, which I've never seen called Schlock. Yeah, I never. Okay. So he had he had, had approached Rick Baker to say, hey, I've got the script, American Werewolf in London, and um, you sh- you've got to do the makeup for it. And he's like, yeah, I'll do that. And then nothing really happened for a couple of years. And in those couple of years, before this movie got greenlit, uh Baker signed on to the howling. Okay. And so Landis goes to him and he's like, hey, we're greenlit. We're ready to go. And he's like, oh, shit, uh, I'm doing another werewolf movie. <laughs> and, you know, Landis was really upset and Baker felt bad about it. So he's like, okay. And he actually left. The Howling and put his protege, Rob Botten, who did I, I believe Rob Botten was the one that did um, Return of the Living Dead. Okay. Both of them are like superstars in in uh, effects. And um and it was actually because Baker left the Howling and went to uh American Werewolf. And then Botten was in a movie, even though he was the one that suggested him for The Howling, that really kind of was a wedge in their relationship for the rest of it, because they were became competitors. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, so, yeah, Rick Baker comes over and does this, and he wants to do like the werewolves and The Howling, like, hey, no, we'll put them on on two legs. You know, it's, it's a man and a wolf, which is essentially that's like the etymology of the word that were is a uh, old English word for man. Okay.
0: So that's where that word comes from. I did from. notice in this, they did use werewolf. Were, we're werewolf. Werewolf. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which might be closer to the actual, I, I, mean, I don't. Yeah, I
0: guess if you look at the actual word and were to pronounce it like you're a normal English speaking person. Yeah. we yeah, Werewolf. We're wolf. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes you sound pretentious. But uh,
1: <laughs> But no, I like the wolf. I think it's cool. I think it's almost kind of cute. Um, and it's neat that
0: like, there's one incredible shot of it that I loved and it's when it's chasing the guy in the subway. Oh yeah. And then we have a shot, like he's kind of climbing up the escalator and it's, we're at the top of the escalator and you just see like the wolf kind of like walk out. So it's a great, great trick. You know, you're really far away from it. So you're not seeing a lot of details, but you know, that guy's, so he's halfway up the stairs and it's a pretty lengthy staircase, too. So, I mean, and just seeing it come out from under, you know, where the ceiling hangs at the base of the stairs. Yeah. So good. Such a good shot.
1: Well, that's why I'm always like, I love it, but I'm always fearful of it. It's kind of the same vein when in a horror movie, when someone is being chased, and especially if they're being chased down like hallways or cavernous, I'm always like, please, please please don't show them at the end of the hallway. Like when someone like gets to like <laughs> closer to the camera, like I don't want to see them in the background that they're <laughs> that close. Right. But when you do see them rounding the corner at the end, that they're that much on their tail is always creepy. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was the scene where he's on that. I think it's an escalator yeah. and, um, and then, yeah, just to see from that distance, that thing creeping out. And as I'm watching that, I'm thinking to myself about, what most people would be saying, which is like, get up, motherfucker, like run up the escalator. Right. But it, like the idea of just being paralyzed with fear, you, you might just like be on the escalator and be like, maybe this is the night that he doesn't kill somebody. Right. And just but you're just frozen there. Yeah. Which didn't work for him. Um, but um, so, yeah, let's talk about some of the other actors. I mean, we'll, we've got more to say about David Naughton. And that <laughs> he we- should have had <laughs> nothing to do with this thing. But. um
0: <laughs> Oh, man. But,
1: but there are some. When great, did you come up with that? Literally just. Now. Oh, that's good. Um, right. <laughs> so there are some other actors, probably the best. And, and well, I don't know. I have two different places in my heart for these two different people. But the doctor, there is the role of a doctor who is great in that. John Woodvine is the actor. Excellent. He's fantastic. I don't know. He looked vaguely familiar, but he's so great because what they didn't do was say, okay, here's a doctor, a man of science, and um, we're going to have him, like, suddenly buy into this werewolf mythology, hook, line, and sinker, and, like, go trying to, like, help David. He's never really... Doing that, he's just trying to say like some things don't add up. He's right. a man of science. He's saying like I'm not I I know what I'm hearing. I'm not believing that, but I'm not really believing anything until I get the facts. Yeah. So he makes the effort to go back to the 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 small town that where uh, David was bitten, and he interviews the locals,
0: and he's just like
1: I don't know that actor is just awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're, I don't know else how else to explain it. He just seemed very. Natural and at ease, and uh, the character I think was well well written. Yeah, Cause, yeah, he wasn't like a, uh on his side immediately. He just kind of took the logical steps of like, oh, huh, that's well, that's weird. Maybe I can get a few more answers from this. Yeah, uh, you know, because you know, even he's like they like the they had already dressed the wounds, and then but then said no doctor attended to him. That's weird. Yeah and it is, weird. it is weird yeah and
1: and somebody should check that out um so he's wonderful and then there's oh sweet nurse alex yeah who doesn't like her um and uh that actress she's sort of unfortunately named what is it uh her last name is a gutter
0: yeah a gutter oh. yeah jenny a gutter yeah
1: really cute um and and really really brings that that british charm of that sort of um politeness and sweetness and i'm not going to get overly familiar um and she's just likable as all get out yeah and and we see that not only with scenes with david but her interacting with other kids in the hospital like she's just a sweetheart and um and i really really like that manner of speech um you know personally i i still do it it's thanks to having a marine for a dad but like even when i go to a bar now like i will say may i please have may i, may I have a guinness uh-huh. or you know um you know do, do you have an ashtray you know may i have it or whatever i i hate it when people are like oh uh, uh you know i'll have the blt and uh give me a diet like it's like it's a fucking human being. Like, why don't you just speak to them nicely? You know,
0: it's just a pet peeve. But so I'm, like I'm replaying every time I've ordered something in front of you. <laughs> I already really. got shit for my shorts last week.
1: <laughs> right. Well, we're going to we're going to by the end, by the time we're done with this whole thing, we're going to have you just right. But um, no, she's very, very pleasant and she's very polite and she's. She's obviously feeling a connection to David, uh, having taken care of him in his, when he was sort of in a coma. And um, so that's really great. And what's kind of funny is there's a shower scene. And apparently <laughs> in in England, there there's not like a, a lot of, or at least at this time, there weren't like a lot of showers. There's a lot of like bathtubs. Oh. So they actually had to build a shower oh. for this scene. And what's funny is um, David Naughton was saying, like, you know, they had to construct this thing. It was almost impossible to keep the water temperature regulated. And then uh, (laughs) Griffin Dunn chimes in. This is when they're watching the movie for the commentary. And Griffin Dunn said, uh, well, the water is freezing in this scene or in this part. And it was, (laughs) you know, some very, very. Direct Some nipple nipples. exposure yes yeah. <laughs> uh so well well played by Griffin Dunn but um no she's she's
0: cute and you know odd shower sex scene that's essentially just hugging and kissing shoulders yeah it was so like right. you gotta do other stuff with your hands in the shower there just the hug and I literally do... like like high up hug too yeah like no no one's grabbing a butt no one's caressing anything. It's literally like a high-shouldered hug, and then she is like, "Yeah, like kissing his shoulder, kind of sucking on." Yeah, That's and and weird. I I I looked
1: for my notes. I thought like maybe I'd written down something like uh, really insightful. I wrote sex scene dash nice. Uh, then I wrote, "What if she gets pregnant <laughs> by a werewolf?" Yeah, who knows how that biology yeah. works? Interesting. Um, But yeah, so she, so there is enough good insulating this movie, but, you know, and there are some scenes where David Naughton is not terrible, but there is one scene in particular that absolutely excites me and thrills me and absolutely just annoys the crap out of me because they, it was such a missed opportunity. How many times in a horror movie, and the answer is zero, by the way, but how many times in a horror movie have you ever seen it where somebody is, like, about to be killed or about to kill somebody? They're just caught up in the horror of the movie, and they pause to call their family. Like, that never happened. Like, in any of these movies of these kids out in the woods, it's not like there's not phones. I mean, sometimes they they make a point of saying, like, you see a machete, cut the phone line or whatever. But, I mean you never ever see somebody call their mom or dad and be like, this has gotten out of control. Like, somebody is killing everyone. Like, we never ever see that in any movies. Yeah. But in this movie, and it's actually because... It, yeah, there's a good reason behind it. Well, sure. And, and I don't know if you... God, I don't even know if you could make a movie that suggests suicide <laughs> as often as this one does.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is essentially the like driving goal of like kill yourself it's a it's a you know it's a fucking online video game chat room it's like kill yourself (laughs) is the main theme running all the way through it and the thing is it's like you can sit here and say like okay he's Medal of honor that's the toxic ass game i was trying to think of
1: um i haven't i haven't heard of it
0: (laughs) Medal of honor Oh, I maybe
1: yeah. All right, uh, but, uh, that's <laughs> but I'm, uh, it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. But the thing is, is that somebody might sit there and say, like, um, "Well, that's really selfish that he isn't killing himself because he's no, he knows he's going to turn, um, and all that sort of thing." And you can say that well, all he doesn't you want, know, though. Well, I mean, but he goes to do it, though. I mean, he eventually, like, he, tr- he tries. Well, he, he's, he's, he's
0: already turned the first time. Yes. So, so, but the thing is like first of three full moons,
1: right? Yes. In a (laughs) row. Uh, But it's like, now, if you were strapped in like to a chair and like, I don't know, your loved ones are sitting in front of you and you've got a bomb on you. And unless you kill yourself, like, you know, your loved ones are going to die. Yeah. You, you'd probably do it. Yeah. Um, But other than that, you're in a country where you don't know anybody and you don't have any family. And the choice is suicide or something that's not really my fault anyway. Yeah, well, you might hold off for a couple of days, right? You know, so we can't blame the guy. But he, we have this great scene that could have been the it. It could have been the fucking taxi cab scene and on the waterfront. I mean, it could have been a tent pole scene in in horror cinema. And it's wrong on a couple of levels where he calls and he gets, he doesn't get his mom and dad, he gets his little sister. Uh So he's in one of those, you know, London uh, telephone booths and the camera is even fucked up because it's swirling around and where we should be seeing him, we're like, it's sort of like uh, obscured by the phone booth. Yeah. And there should be this really, really great scene of him getting his little sister. He's about to kill himself. He gets her on the phone and it's not played horribly, but by a better actor. And I suggested when we were talking before the show, Jake Gyllenhaal, incredible um, actor, which who would have been amazing in this role because yeah. he could have played the the comedy and the drama. Um, that is a goddamn, like, just red carpet to the Academy Awards, like this tear jerking scene. And it should have been, it should have been tear jerking where he's talking to his little sister before he's going to kill himself because he's a werewolf. (laughs) Like, there is a lot that, that you could do there. And, uh. It's a fine scene. I'm glad that it's in there at all. Sure, but just wasted a wasted opportunity by a by a yeah, lesser Yeah, I act. mean,
0: I'll be honest. Like you're describing all this camera movement and stuff, and by that point, I was just like kind of just passively, I was like watching the movie, but not like absorb. You know, not taking anything in. It didn't feel like well, it's because it
1: wasn't coming out to you. That's the problem, and yeah. that's what I we were talking about earlier is that. It's the reason why I keep going back to Clockwork Orange is, is my favorite film of all time, because from the second that movie starts, it forces you to enter its universe. Um, it either Whether you want to look at that as it coming out of the screen or you being pulled into it. But this movie is just really two-dimensional. It's kind of like... Um, it's kind of like the difference between some a friend telling you like a really meaningful story of something that happened in their lives and somebody telling like a little, you know, funny little quip of something that happened at work that day. <laughs> right. And that's really how this movie is. The vibe of this movie doesn't match the the depth that it could have achieved.
0: This is from Ebert's review, and I think it sums it up. Uh, pretty well An American Werewolf in London seems curiously unfinished As if director John Landis spent all his energy On spectacular set pieces And then didn't want to bother with things like Transitions, character development, or an ending
1: Perfect Perfect Perfectly stated
0: Yeah, because that um, is, that's what it feels like. like When this movie ended, I was like, oh, oh Okay Yeah,
1: well, and, and the and when we get The ending that we do get Now, granted there is a wonderful section of this movie, and I, it's kind of our thing now where we say, like, the thing, then the movie. That You could have called it Car Crash the Movie, because <laughs> right. there is a ridiculous amount of Dude. car crashes.
0: Yeah, that scene, that whole scene in Piccadilly Circus is uh, yeah, it's fun, yeah, though. It is fun. Yeah, and that was the one, you know, this is a fucking rarity where Nancy actually watched it with me. Uh, and we were both kind of bored But then that part you're just like Oh shit oh my god Like people getting pinned In between cars and shit Rolling over on them And just like Carnage and mayhem Yeah Uh, Which is even more impressive When you learn that they had He had to A like Nearly bribe the cops Like he had to show them Blues Brothers to be like I, I know what I'm like. I can't make a movie. Can we please use Piccadilly Circus? And then it was like they would get these like two minute intervals where it was like, OK, we're going to shut it down for two minutes. Film a bit. Yeah. And then they'd have to fucking rush some, you know, scene in the bus turning or whatever. And then it's like, OK, regular traffic go through. You know, it wasn't like they got Piccadilly Circus for a night to do whatever. It was just like they it was. they And they were the first movie to get it at all. At all. Right? Yeah. Um.
1: Yeah, I have two things. Yeah, I have two the movies. It's car crash the movie and Puffy Vest the movie. (laughs) Um, But but yeah, no that scene is super awesome. And what's so weird about it is that that's what makes it anticlimactic is that you get this awesome like car accident scene. You know the the wolf is running around Piccadilly Circus. You know chaos ensues, and then in the last whatever three or four minutes of the wolf's existence. He's at the end of an alley. We might hear like the growl a little bit or the howl, but like there's no real tension of like the wolf, the no, people, the wolf, the people. Alley, you don't see it. It's just down there. He's down there. <laughs> yeah. Just trust me. Um, and then, you know, we get a little bit of. Uh, now, I, this is a little bit of credit that I'll give. We have two people say that they love each other yeah. who have known each other for a very short less amount of time. A, yeah,
0: less than a week. Like from when he wakes up in the hospital, the transformation, that's a week.
1: Right. But I do, I I guess maybe because I want to believe it. I, I I do like the love, even if it is superficial. Yeah. Um, you know, she was caring for him while he was unconscious and and he's going through something traumatic and she's been there for him. So I'll buy it, you know. Uh, it might not have lasted forever, but I, I'll buy it in that moment. And so I do like seeing that there's that split second where the wolf is connecting with her when she's saying, I love you, David. Yeah. And while he's the wolf uh, and then, then he attacks her anyway in a shot. Um, but uh, but yeah, it Ebert was right. It felt like it almost feels as if Landis was like, I've got enough good. We'll figure out the rest. Right. And and it, it wasn't enough. It it did need those connecting pieces to yeah. to helm it all together.
0: And but also, is anything resolved in it? Because the whole point of it is is like David has survived the attack, and is now cursed, right? Because he didn't die from the attack. Yeah. Um. So, am I supposed to believe as he's rampaging through Piccadilly Circus that a either everyone he came in t- contact with? Died or was not scratched at all, because then wouldn't that still continue? It would that lycanthrope bloodline. Absolutely, so, you know. I, eh, I don't know.
1: probably elevated to higher levels than it ever was in that small little English village. <laughs> right. I mean, it's an epidemic now. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. I mean he he had better have killed everyone, otherwise, yeah, it's it's all over the place. um and it's funny, the actors were saying, like, hey, he wasn't shot with a silver bullet, so we could do a sequel. And Landis is like, no, that's not happening. <laughs> oh, um, I did think it was kind of fun that uh, there's a great scene in a porno theater, which I didn't realize that Landis uses this in all of his movies, called See You Next Wednesday.
0: Oh, okay. And no, uh, does?
1: Yeah. So that's the name of Jesus, the porno I, movie.
0: I've seen Animal House and Blues Brothers it's, a million
1: times each. It's a line or a billboard or something. It'll be in all okay, of well, movies. No, I gotta,
0: what a great reason for a rewatch.
1: <laughs> well, and I've never seen all of, either one of those movies all the way through. <laughs> right. So um, maybe I should watch Animal House yeah. and Blues Brothers.
0: I mean, it's a funny joke, too. Yeah. Because see you next Tuesday. Right. We know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Tim,
1: yeah. Right. Yeah. You
0: took the letter of each. Word of see you next Tuesday, it spells out the word friend in Australian. <laughs>
1: and now with see you next Wednesday, it's probably like a Welsh word.
0: Right. Uh. Which even it doesn't, because you uh, starts with a Y, so you have to give it a little liberty. Oh, fair. Yeah. You know, C-Y-N-T, then what's that? <laughs> right. It's like a color in my printer. Yes.
1: Um, <laughs> so... So yeah, it's um it's got it's got some funny mo- literally the the funniest line in the movie is uh a naked american man stole my balloons. I mean that's the funniest line in it the is. whole movie. Um and and he is naked in it a lot. Yep. Uh I mean there's there's a lot of I mean give him credit for having to hop around and do a lot of things naked. Yeah. Um so I thought that was uh was, you know Nice that they went for it on that part. I mean, I guess if we're talking about a guy that is stripped down to like the most you know basic instincts or whatever, he
0: probably is
1: nude a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, that's the biggest thing that I mean, if there is a sort of uh, what I want to say theme to this particular episode, it is that you and I simultaneously had the same reaction to this movie where it's like. It's just okay.
0: Yeah. I'm sure. Well, let's talk about it- the transformation, too. We should at least pull oh, up yeah. at least we one part of this. Because, A, hey, I love how it starts. Because it's not like a movie where it's like, you know, he's like doing whatever. And then we get a shot through the window of the clouds moving. And you see the moon and the music changes. And he's like, ugh. No, he's just like sitting on the couch reading a magazine then all of a sudden is like, God damn it <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I'm so hot! This <laughs> is ripping his clothes off, and there's like no music. It's just him, just being like, "What the hell is happening to me?" Yeah, uh, and then some great, great practical effects. My uh, Nancy was like, "Is this that guy you guys always talk about?" Uh, and I'm like, "Tom Savini? No, no. This is like if he were like turned inside out and then became a wolf. That'd be some Tom <laughs> Savini right. stuff. But yeah, this is good. Rick Baker monster. Yeah. Oh, like the fucking hand extension. I don't know how they did that. Yeah, the, the, it's awesome. Where the foot bends back. Oh, L- so good.
1: Literally, that that stretchy material that they used for that, like they like, there's not even like a museum that they can put that in because the stuff itself like decomposed. Oh, okay. That like, makes sense. Like it was really inventive stuff. And what's funny is, is that for part of that transformation, David Naughton is underneath the floorboards. Uh, up to his, like, torso. Uh-huh. And then they have, like, the legs of the werewolf or the mid-transformation, the molds above the floorboards. And this, like you said, the the transformation took, like, was it a week or a couple? Something of- like,
0: yeah, I think it was, like, two to three weeks yeah. or something insane like that.
1: And David Naughton said that they would just, like, take five and shut all the lights off. And he's just under the floor, like halfway (laughs) through the floor. And he would just say to himself, like, someday this will all be over. Like, I mean, they would literally just leave him in the dark. And uh, so apparently it was a lot for him to go through. And um, yeah, no, it was, you know, he, I will say this for him. I mean, we've talked a lot of shit about the guy, but he's, he's pretty good in that transformation scene. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously, eventually it, it, it becomes Rick Baker just doing his puppetry with the face and that's so awesome And the face elongates and the nose yes. and, the, and the teeth and everything that's the money shot oh it's great and this is you know this is something that that a viewer might just breeze past but done in full light like there's right it, it's not like it's in the middle of the night and he's in some like you know i don't know like grove. in the woods
0: yeah exactly you know, they it is
1: full of inter- like it like what I want to say, like internal light, like interior light. <laughs> yeah. And um and we're seeing every single bit of it. And that is nothing less than John Landis's uh faith in Rick Baker's art. Yeah. Like that's pretty badass. That's yeah. awesome. And it is cool. And I'm I'm sorry, like uh I don't know. I didn't see it. Did you see American Werewolf in Paris?
0: <laughs> I did, but I remember Nothing from it. I bet it's just garbage. As a joke. It looks, it's, yeah, it
1: is garbage. Do you know kind of where that title first came from? Which
0: one? American American Werewolf Werewolf in Paris? Oh, uh, no. Okay. So. I mean, uh, it sounds like it's a play on American Werewolf in London. But I'm guessing it's, okay. It very much is. Uh, John Landis came up with it.
1: Um, When they Started filming in England, they went with and they applied for four work visas for Rick Baker, John Landis, Griffin Dunn, and David Naughton, four Americans. And they gave the first England granted the first three for Baker, Landis and Naughton with with no problem. But when it came to the fourth one for Griffin Dunn, they're like the uh, the, whatever the executor of entertainment, British entertainment or whatever was like, you know, We have a lot of young actors over here that I think would do a fine job in this role. And they didn't want to let Griffin Dunn have his work visa. And he wasn't going to be in the movie. They weren't going to allow him in the country to work on the movie. And John Landis said, well, how about this? How about I rewrite the whole fucking thing and I make it an American (laughs) werewolf in Paris and we go over there and do it. And then they're like, all right, here's the visa. And they gave it to him. So that's Uh, literally where that title uh, actually came from. Yeah, The French. <laughs> and But yeah, I can only imagine, because I don't even know the year that American Werewolf in Paris came out, but I can only imagine that the CGI, even if they did it today, would be garbage compared oh, yeah. to the, the practical effects. But yeah, effects. it was like
0: mid-90s. Oh, fuck yeah. that. Um, all I know is that movie starts with them bungee jumping off the Eiffel Tower, which if you've ever seen the Eiffel Tower in your life, which if you're a human, I assume you've seen one picture of it. uh, You'll know it does not have the necessary sheer face that you need for bungee jumping. Yeah, you're going to hit something. outward, yeah. It uh, gets wider as you go down, which is not good when you're jumping.
1: No. No, not at all. Um... Yeah, uh, uh, the Eiffel Tower used to much better dramatic effect in um, before Sunrise. you to a kill. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a kill. oh yeah,
0: that's right. That was on that. Yeah, there, yeah. Um, Superman yeah. two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um. But yeah, this is. Um, Rouge. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I think are we? I mean, we've talked uh, in other episodes about like the saturation of like the the zombie genre i mean how do you feel about a werewolf movie coming out now you think uh, there's space for that now i mean if it's done right
0: you know uh you know we were excited uh fucking 20 years ago for wolf uh oh yeah oh, <laughs> i just Jesus. i just remember I, I, we might have talked about this on the show before but i do remember just Standing in your kitchen and having you describe the trailer, and you're like, they don't fucking show anything. It's just a wolf, and it's just like, who could, you know, embody the sheer feralness and, you know, killer instinct? And then you're like, then it just goes... Jack and we're yeah. like oh fuck yeah <laughs> and then that movie was garbage it was so stupid and it even had and I even like James and Spader James Spader is in it Jack Nicholson two yeah. excellent menacing actors and they could not fucking pull off a werewolf movie because yeah. it's kind of a goofy concept it was many mini- how, does, how does that work
1: what it is- was trampoline the movie <laughs> that's what that was was <laughs>
0: Um, Um, Oh, yeah, it's kind of sucked. Yeah. So, you know, if someone came out with a werewolf movie now, yeah, I mean, I'm afraid it's, you know, we're into the Twilight version of it now, where it's just like, yeah, yeah, I am a werewolf, but I'm like... Just kind of big and muscular. I can turn it on and off. Uh, I have, you know, my wits about me when I am a werewolf. I just kind of use it. It's like the Incredible Hulk. Like they're just the Incredible Hulk now. I almost. Uh, well, I know I actually
1: did go, but they they didn't end up having this. I I went to a powwow where the uh, the celebrity guest, which I actually got to meet Billy Mills, the Olympic runner, native Olympic runner. Um, which actually got, do you know who Billy Mills is? He no. was a, okay. So he was a native runner in the Olympics in maybe 1964 and actually got the announcer fired because at the time it was deemed like, uh, inappropriate, like Mills was, was pretty far back. And then one of the American like, uh, sportscasters was like, look at Mills, look at Mills. And he's screaming and he actually got fired for it because they thought that he lost control in the booth, you know, um, which now, I mean, we, we'd love that. Yeah. But, um, so I got to meet him. So they, they would occasionally have some some cool native people there. But one of the years is how I was going to have the the wolves that were inspiring the wolves of Twilight. Like, <laughs> not the actual wolves because they aren't actually, you know, 12 feet tall. Right. But can you imagine how just low rent that would be to, like, go to, like, a function <sighs> and, like, you just see a couple wolves, like, laying there. Like, there they are. There's the Twilight wolves. <laughs> Loving this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that didn't happen.
0: Um, oh yeah, in Twilight they do turn into like full wolves. They're yeah. not, like by absolutely right. okay, yeah. yeah. They're just right. they're that's just right. full on giant wolves. So, yeah, you, you get either version of that. No, there should because be, then yeah. what do you do? What do you do with someone who's just a wolf? Like, what else do they do other than attack people at night? Yeah.
1: Well, there's that's nothing. The thing.
0: You know, there's no romance with it like with you can get with vampires uh you know it's once once a month instead of like a zombie horde which is just constantly coming at you you know there's like seems to be no stop to it this is like i just gotta hold out 12 times a year i don't know yeah no yeah because
1: you're right the rest of the time it's a pretty boring ass movie like the other yeah. 29 nights of the movie, are 29 uh, nights of well, the month. Well, that's
0: why this movie was smart and was like, he's just uh, in a coma for three weeks. Sometimes the moon is full for a, a while. Okay, yeah. And that was, we have kind of mentioned that. Because, yeah, he has the one transformation and kills like six people. And you're kind of like, oh, man. And then he mentioned something about, you know, I have to do something before I changed tonight during the full moon. And I'm like, well, wait, 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 no. Full moon tonight? The full moon was last night. The, the moon doesn't stop in the sky. right? Like, it's only full because of the way it's or- orbiting the planet. I don't want to get into how dumb that idea is. I mean, technically, the moon is always full, depending on where your perspective is, you know, Uh, can you just constantly keep moving around the planet like through the month uh, to where you just never see a full moon? I don't know.
1: They should make a werewolf movie that is just called, like, Waning Gibbous, and it's just like a guy in the morning, like, sitting at his kitchen table and, like, like looks at his watch and, like, finishes his, like, English muffin quickly and just grabs his briefcase and walks out the door. Roll credits. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like those other days. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Waning, Waning Gibbous. Waning Gibbous. <laughs> Kudos yeah. on you knowing your moon faces. <laughs> I do. I do. I, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. The sequel is waxing gibbous. Um, but um, yeah. So <laughs> this movie could have been better. I, I, I think that there is a, an ultimate werewolf movie. Well, first of all, I mean the original Wolfman is, is great. Um, but I think that there's, there's room out there to make this better because of the tragedy, because of the curse, because of the ferocity, and that a lot of places have werewolf myths. Like there are werewolf myths in native culture. There are in Irish culture. There are in British culture, Slavic culture. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of universal. So, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe somebody out there listening to this will make it happen. Maybe Justin Long is the next. Oh, he would have been perfect. He would have been great. He would have been awesome. Oh god damn it.
0: I I just yeah. He would have been good. I mean, even why do you not have a scene where Griffin Dunn appears to him, but he has to also talk to other people. And so meanwhile, you know, decomposing Griffin Dunn is trying to like warn him and he's trying to have a conversation with, you know, as tropey as that sounds, at least it's something else. Like this is these it's just so many little self-contained things. Like even but then, at one point, Doctor or Nurse Alex is like, "I heard voices. Voices? Could she hear Griffin Dunn?" Yeah, good point. She does say that. Yeah, she which then, if that. she could, would mean everyone in the porno theater could hear that. I'm assuming they can't see him. I don't know. There never, there's never a bit where it's like they can't see me because they haven't been bitten by the werewolf. Yeah. What else are they doing in a porno theater?
1: nothing Tim just watching the plot <laughs> yeah right um did you
0: what a weird yeah, that a, movie is <laughs> so, so weird. Awesome. there's one bit in the porno where I, you know it's a guy and a girl in a bed hulking guy busts in and it's like I told you uh I, yeah, can't even I told you to never do this you know yeah, again, and blah 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 neither of the people know who the guy is he's like oh. she just goes I've never seen you before in my life and he's like okay and then just <laughs> walks, out. walks out yeah so, yeah, uh, I, yeah I, did, I got I did. more enjoyment out of the porno, <laughs> yeah, right. mainly than, uh, you know, at least percentage-wise. I mean, I loved 100% of what I watched in that porno. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I can't, you know, if I had to watch an hour or 40 minutes of that porno, maybe I'd feel the same way as <laughs> right. I did about this movie. Um, no, Yeah, and just another real quick, weird inconsistency. It's like, if you're traveling abroad and... You're in a coma for three weeks, and you wake up and find out your best friend has been murdered. Um, I'm immediately like, I have to get home. Especially if you have a family, it's not like it was established. Like, yeah, he doesn't really have anybody. It's like, yeah. no, he has like a family. Um, but he's just kind of like, well, I guess I'm. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm here now. It's like what you. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of talked about this beforehand. You were like, yeah, when you were, when we were in California. And I missed a flight. I wasn't like, well, I live here now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) tell my
1: wife I love her, (laughs) you know? Like, yeah. I mean, it it doesn't make a lot of uh, logistic sense that way. And.
0: But it's so simple to write just something that keeps him there. I mean, whatever it is. Right. Uh, Inclement weather. (laughs) Right. Who cares? (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. But just kind of the, uh, well, I need a place to stay. Nurse, can I stay at your place? Because it's not like they're like. Because their first kiss is super awkward. She doesn't even fucking react to it. Right. It's like after a dream. Um, And then he's just like, well, you know, I guess I'll stay at your place.
1: I mean, yeah. Like if he made a point of saying like. I woke up in a hospital and like I I don't have any money. Like I don't have any like if he didn't have his belongings or something or if he didn't have his
0: yeah. his ID or do the police or, tell him he can't leave until they like investigate or something? I don't think so. Okay, no they were, damn, they were I was hoping I was like not paying attention to some very crucial line
1: No they were in there. a hurry to have it all wrapped up oh and say word. like basically like shouldn't you be going home? No. <laughs> you ought you ought to be going home. You you ought to be naughtin. You ought to not <laughs> Um, But yeah, so, but he doesn't and he sticks around and, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, we've touched on the episodic nature of this. It's It It really is almost like a childish way of filmmaking where it's almost like you get a scene and it's like, zinger, we did it. We did that one thing that we wanted to do and then cut to the next thing. And it doesn't have it doesn't have the flow. It doesn't have the architecture. It doesn't have the the continuity of a really well-crafted film. Yeah. It just feels like let's do that funny thing where he's in the zoo and then we'll do something else
0: even like some of the horror like because i mean there's long stretches where nothing horror related happens but he'll have like these dreams and it was something we talked about before watching this movie where you were like remember there's like a weird nazi part in yeah. i was like yeah i do and yeah it's like he's at his house and the doorbell rings and uh the kids go to answer it and there are like They're like kind of ghouls. Were they supposed to be werewolf faces? I'm not even sure. They're just like these weird rubber masky kind of things. Yeah. And they're like shooting the family, which is completely opposite from the like natural feral nature of a wolf. Right. (laughs) Just like, no, it's like the Gestapo is (laughs) killing your family.
1: Right. And they do make mention of the fact that David is Jewish.
0: Um. well yeah I mean she just implies it because of his circumcision and she's like well that's pretty standard practice now yeah that's true but I, I mean, mean I'm circumcised I'm not Jewish well that's true are you circumcised? I am yeah
1: fuck. come on parents well that's yeah I mean but but that's uh, but I mean there's anyone listening who Jewish. just
0: had a baby boy please don't cut the most sensitive part of his dick off let him enjoy that teach him to clean it
1: or if you do um, keep it what? Let it like put it in. I mean, at least let him have like uh you know, have it in his room or something.
0: <laughs> a little I mean, they'll shadow just, box. Don't just talk. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Have, have somebody paint that little like like sideways like uh what I want to say like portraiture of like, you know, the sort of um You know how they do like the side angle like they would like something to give your mom like they'd paint like trace your shadow or oh, whatever. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I don't of know what your, that's of your called, foreskin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, but no, you're right. It's I. I think they're still doing it left and right, though. Although there are some, there are some issues of cleanliness and infection that sure. can be complicated if you don't do it.
0: But Th- either, that's why I stress. Please teach your child how to clean his penis. It's okay. Right. Um. Yeah. Make sure
1: it's your child and not just <laughs> other. <laughs> other. I provide a service. <laughs> Uh, Whether they like it or not. Um, But uh, yeah, so the one thing that uh, David Naughton said about that scene was that um, the fact that the particular werewolf or whatever it was, Nazi that had the knife to his throat that ultimately slits it, um, could not see through the mask, which left him feeling concerned. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like this guy has a knife to my throat and cannot see. So yeah, that would be a little touch and go. Um, but you know Landis and his looseness. I mean, that's <laughs> it's that's just how he does. Right. You know. Um, but no, it it's, um, it's lucky he kept his head, it, right? <laughs> oh my god! Um, and Vic Morrow is somebody's dad. Um, I don't mean I'm not just making that as a point. Like he is a, somebody famous's dad. Oh, oh um, yeah? Did I say famous's dad? Well, yeah. yeah. It, he is a famous actress's
0: father oh i'm gonna look it up while you uh yeah yeah look at that he did die during that yeah they literally yeah how does that movie even oh jennifer jason lee jennifer jason lee's dad that movie
1: even come out like well they cut that scene out (laughs) yeah i mean well but, but the funny thing is is the the segment is still in there the Vic Morrow segment is still very much in there. Yeah. But this that particular, they didn't show him dying. I know, children. but
0: still like, I don't I know. It seems I like know. it's crazy. I mean, I don't think that Alec Baldwin movies coming out ever. No, so. no, but yeah, it's nuts. And,
1: um, Excuse me, when I said that earlier, as I throw up on the the microphone, as I said that earlier, that I've seen the footage of his death, it's, I'm not some crazy person. It's just that, like, literally, somebody went to the trouble to, like, literally show you, like, frame by frame to where the head is on there, and then the head is off there. Um, Yeah, it was, the whole thing was dicey, like, the way that they had those kids hired and all that stuff, and it was illegal, and it was, it was just very strange. Yeah. Um, but, uh and it really did kind of it kind of killed his career cuz what year did uh did twilight zone come out
0: uh 83
1: okay so not that landis didn't do things after that but it was a little bit more i mean what else did landis
0: do that's a great question cuz i was trying to think about that earlier uh yeah it's like <laughs> well there was thriller in 84 uh oh, I, did he do that afterwards? Oh, yeah. he did Trading Places. Okay. Uh Into the Night with Jeff Goldblum and David Bowie. Huh. Okay. Spies like Us, which is a classic. Man, he did every movie with Dan Aykroyd except American Werewolf in London. Yes. Uh Three Amigos. Jeez. So uh coming to a Landis America. did directed Three Amigos? Yeah. Okay, so he was still doing his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I think he just got... They I mean,
0: were like, no more deaths? And he was like, I promise, I'll just I'll kill him with laughter.
1: Right, yes.
0: Slaughter. And then he did Oscar, and then people were like, that's enough of that. Oh, really? With with uh, Stallone? <laughs> yeah.
1: That's all right.
0: Huh. The Stupids? I bet that... Oh, Tom Arnold. I do remember that. Okay. But yeah, it definitely kind of, his career took a hit, though.
1: I mean, after that, it was, it had actually changed the whole uh, movie making industry as far as
0: safety goes, which yeah. I mean, rightfully so. Well, he worked pretty strongly for seven years after he killed three people. R- well, yeah.
1: But you know, that was that was something from
0: our... Now sp- you can't even give a lady a massage without asking her, without <laughs> them shutting your movie down.
1: <laughs> um, and uh,
0: It's outrageous.
1: Uh, Yeah, or be John Travolta and, like, demand a massage (laughs) from, you know, an extensive massage. Uh, Have you ever seen the transcript of that? Like, he he really, I mean, he was, like, he told, like, the masseuse, like, you're being selfish by not, like, jacking me off. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, um, (laughs) you're just in the wrong massage parlor is the problem. Um, But, yeah, so this movie... uh, as a recommend, because we have to throw that out there. Yeah, sure, I recommend it. I I do. I mean, it's it's American Werewolf in London. I mean, see it for, if nothing else, the transformation, the first 15 minutes of the movie. Um, like, I mean, there's enough cool stuff for me to say, like, you're not you're you're not wasting your time to see this movie. No. It's just not as good as we would and it have. It was hoped.
0: culturally significant. Like it was a big hit i mean it was all it was all i remember like people talking about for a good chunk of you know a a year but i'm not gonna talk about it anymore i'm not either how about that all right yeah i guess i guess i recommend it just on its significance alone yeah Uh, in, in a historical sense but uh it's not gonna blow you away for sure Okay, so that was American Werewolf in London from 1981. Join us next week as we, we're kind of doing a little quasi mini series. We're not really sure. We're just like, oh, these two fit. Uh, so, keeping in the mode of people turning into animals. Oh, man, next week from 2009, it's Human Centipede. Oh, finally. <laughs> A movie I I've not seen all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but you know, I feel like I've seen enough, but I'll watch it all now. Yeah. I love the South Park version of it, but that's uh, that I'm like that. Bits funny. The the lead actor's name is Dieter Laser.
1: I mean, <laughs> what more do you want? <laughs>
0: I can't wait for details. Okay. Uh so yeah, that's that's that. And that's next week. Um please check out our website, slumberpodcastmassacre.com. Shoot us an email, SlumberPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you know, check out we got like a YouTube channel now with our Justin Long interview on it. I have a Twitch channel that I will, I will eventually stream on. I will. We have four subscribers to it, so now I feel yeah, pressure. You go. I feel pressure. Uh, So yeah, I'll do that. I just got the evil dead game. It's kind of a big hit. So I think that's a good one that we can, uh, we can use. That's a fun game. I tried it. Uh, So yeah, uh, shoot us, uh, you know, some ratings on Apple podcasts, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Tim, do you got anything else to say about an American werewolf in the London? Uh, Just, I mean, I know you and I talk a lot about the
1: female anatomy and female beauty in, in these shows. Uh, We do get some male full frontal in this. Yeah. For, for a brief, for a brief second. But, um, I don't want to just gloss over that and not make mention of it that, um, you know, we like to we cover all ends of the yeah, spectrum. I clapped and said we got dick
0: when I was watching it. I yeah, there's a little excited more dicks sure. in movies, please. All right, Tim. Bye. bye! <laughs>